everybody. Welcome to the Based Podcast. I don't know what number we're on. It's been... I want to say seven, maybe eight. Yeah, okay. All right. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, we're sitting with Justin Smolian, who's from Dirty Honey, um, which is a band you've been really hip to. Super into. I am just recently turned on to and have been marathoning all of your music because it is... Awesome. Yeah. Um, Just like monster rock and roll riffage. Yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm sure you guys get compared to like the big stuff, Aerosmith, Guns N' Roses. There's ACDC in there. There's Zeppelin in there. It's all of it. But just like, just like our four biggest influences right there. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Right on. But rock and roll giants just keeping the the gauntlet rolling. So, dude, thanks for coming on. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Um, Kind of in, I don't, you know, we like to dive. We we like to take some of the questions that we don't feel like, you know, artists get in other interviews, especially bass players, where you know it's usually really conceptual or it's like kind of about the band's history or whatever. Um, but we really want to get into kind of the stuff other people don't talk about, which is like gear, feel, like your role as a bass player, um, your role. We could even talk about like your role as a bass player who's who gives interviews and stuff for the band because that's not mm-hmm. always uh, typical. So, um, but yeah, I mean, we 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 talked about it's it's like this really cool, familiar, but but big rock sound. Yeah, um, can you kind of tell us about some of the basses you're playing or what led you to the bass? Uh, yeah. So, well, I started playing bass when I was 12. It was, it was my first instrument. And I picked up guitar after six months or a year also, because I like writing songs. Um, and like early bass influences were like Paul McCartney and mm-hmm. Flea. And I was really into like the grunge scene when I started. Um, I love Robert, uh, DeLeho. Like I learned that whole first STP record when I was a kid. Uh, so those are like early influences. And then obviously like John Paul Jones and just all the big, the big guys. And like, uh, right after high school, I got a gig playing at the Beverly Hills hotel and like a Motown tribute. Nice. So I had to learn like 50, 50 Motown songs. So I obviously got like super heavy in Jamerson after that. Mm-hmm. And like, that's that's teeth, man. yeah, exactly. And that's a big part of like, uh, how I like to play. I feel like he's like a very, he's very obviously very groove oriented, but he's also a very lyrical bass player. And I, I tend to lead towards lyrical bass players. Yep. Yeah. Um, more guys that play melodies on the bass along with, you know, obviously holding down the foundation and playing the groove. Sure. Totally. Yeah. We were kind of talking, um, I think it's in gypsy specifically. Uh, yeah. it's a real, I mean, it, you're using every bit of real estate that you've got on that line. And we're kind of talking, it's kind of cool that you're able to do that, especially maybe in a live scenario. Cause you guys play as a three piece band, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So do you find that you have more space to do that? Or is that more just like the default, how you play? Uh, it's a little bit of both, but definitely in this band, I, you know, like I have so much space to fill that I do like, mm-hmm. Like some of my favorite bands, like you guys mentioned, were like Aerosmith and Guns N' Roses and Rolling Stones is another one. And they're all two guitar player bands. And my favorite, but the things that I really love about those is like how the guitars will kind of weave in and out. You know, like somebody will play a line and somebody will answer it and stuff like that. So I try and bring that concept into our band, but there's no second guitar player. So John will play a line, I'll respond to it and stuff like that. Or, you know, you'll hear little lead bass lines poke out here and there. Yeah, man. 
Was that ever like a conversation you had where like you guys going into it were like, hey, we're not going to be a two guitar player band? Because that's what even hearing the record, I kind of expected to hear that. But like as a bass player, that means I get to have way more fun. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and and it seems like you use uh, quite a few effects or you use effects, you know, as part of your sound. Was that ever uh, something that just happened or... I'd say it's just something that happened. And then once we started doing all the interviews, we, you know, we started talking about it and I was right. like, yeah, that's what I've been doing. And he's like, yeah, I guess that's what you've been doing too. You know, okay, cool. <laughs> nice. yeah. he, he, even, he even jokes about, it. he's like, you know, a lot of the time I'm just like, oh, I'm like yes. being a guitar player. Got this. I hate these stands. Sorry. Hold on. No, you're okay. fine, man. Um, <laughs> um, yeah. Sometimes he has to hold down the role of like a funk guitar player where he's really playing rhythm guitar while I'm up there. Right. Doing some lead parts and then like, you know, obviously the roles reverse. Um, but yeah, I use a lot of effects. Um, and I split my signal. So I use two amps. I use a clean and a dirty amp. Nice. Um, cool. And I I've got uh the dark glass vintage ultra kind of yeah. running the whole time on my dirty channel. Mm-hmm. I'll show you guys my pedal board in a little bit. That'd be awesome. Yeah, sick. Um so yeah, that definitely helps like fill up the sound. Sure. Uh, I was really able to start doing the two rig thing like about a year ago, just because like we've gotten bigger. So now we have people to carry my amps because I wasn't going to carry yeah, two amps. Yep. <laughs> yep. yep. <laughs> that's awesome. Um, so those go with you every time you're taking two. That's non-negotiable. Yeah. Well, it's just become such a part of the set because that's how I made the records too. And like sure. the first year touring, I wasn't able to do the two amp thing because, you know, we were in a sp- we didn't even have the room in the Sprinter van, honestly, to yeah. put a set stamp. Um, and yeah, I'm playing all Aguilar gear, gear. No, um, no. so both I, rigs are Aguilar. Yeah. Um, I use the AG 700 typically uh-huh. the small guy, but, um, I'm not bringing them to Europe cause they've got some DB seven, five ones. I would like, you know, the big guys. So I use those. Yeah. Um, and yeah, we went to Europe, uh, over the summer also. And like, that was kind of my first experience getting to use like the two big stadium rigs. Mm-hmm. I'm like in an actual stadium too. So it was, mm-hmm pretty legit <laughs> and yeah, i'm like i can't, I can't go back <laughs> yeah yeah life goals yeah dude. yeah I, once, I feel like once you taste that you're like well mm-hmm. now i'm here this is where we're staying so. yeah i played a show that they backlined a uh it was a reissue 70s svt not kind of oh, a classic yeah. one um mm-hmm. and it was the best i had ever heard my bass and so i got home and i was like okay i'm finally gonna buy a big boy head and I got it. And now I'm in that kind of dilemma where it's like, but do I put it in the van? Do I yeah, play it without it? So heavy. Yeah. No one's helping me. Well, that's not true. My bandmates are very nice, but <laughs> like at the end of the day, I'm going to have to carry this one day way too far. Uh, and they're, they're pretty fragile too. Like they're very, yeah. I had my buddies and we were like, you know, took it out of a truck. What's I did just like jostled it. And you know, next thing we know, dollar repair job. Yep. Yeah. Um. So. Yeah, that's why. That's why I'm usually the the tubeless heads most of the time. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's a tough world to live in when you're going to put vintage gear through that kind of turmoil. It's like, yeah, you're getting the vintage sound, but at the same time, I mean, you can't just go to Guitar Center in Lincoln, Nebraska, and replace it when it busts on you getting yeah. out of the van or whatever. So yeah, that's interesting the way that you that you nail that because I feel like you you don't. You have such a cool blend of like a modern and a vintage tone, and obviously the records are so classic rock, like rock and roll. I feel like that's a cool place to land with the Aguilar stuff of a, a middle ground of like you, you're not carrying around this 
you know, whatever, John Paul Jones, 60s acoustic or, or, or whatever. Yeah. It's cool. How did, how did you land on that? Did you ever go through vintage amps? Did you go through the vintage gear well, so and land on this? The, the first record, we did it in Australia, so I couldn't bring my gear. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he had, he had like a vintage, it's just like a B-15 for the clean. And then I honestly can't, it was like a weird 70s ad pig that I'd never seen before that we used for the clean that I ran all my pedals into. And Cool. Um, and then he ran that into a Marshall, uh, four twelve, nice. um, and went in those along with a DI also. Uh huh. Sure. And then the second record was all my gear, which was actually like half of the record. Like the clean was an SVT, mm-hmm. uh, like an old vintage one, and then the the overdrive was my AG seven hundred. And then again, we blended those, and I was using a red DI. Mm, yeah, yeah. Tough Lots to of love. Tough for to the be. red. Um, which uh. Oh, you guys broke my tour with the red black crow. So now I don't bring it out anymore. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> that's awesome. Uh, so that's on the first record. You sang four total signals. Or of three. Your uh, or three. It was three, three DI clean, clean and, and yeah. dirty. Okay, cool, cool. And then on the second record, you were two signals. No, it was the same. It was DI clean and dirty. Oh, okay. 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 I understand. It's different amps. Yeah. Oh, when you're, when you're doing this live too, what, where are you taking your signals out? Are you taking, are you using the DIs on the AG 700s to, to get, I don't the, like, I don't like the DIs off the app. Uh-huh. Actually, um, I was using the red until it broke. And then once I got into the two amp thing, uh, I just stopped using a DI. Oh, they're micing it. Yeah. They're micing it both. Cause like I would get recordings back and like sometimes the front of house guy would be pushing the DI. Right. And like, my whole thing is like I, I like the sound of my pedals going through speakers and like you know pushing air like yeah, I, it sounds sure. like and if you hear like these pedals just straight off the di off the head they kind of sound like garbage. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was like I'm gonna take that option away from my house yeah, guy. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> uh, do you have a mic preference by chance? Or, like, are you traveling with your mics or is it whatever the house thinks? Is uh, best? I use a, a, a four twenty one. Okay. Sweet. Yeah, like you know like the the Tom mics. That's, yep. I've That's got what I use on all the records. So I was like, there. I'm getting one. Heck yeah. yeah. They're cool. awesome. They're like a better 57. Yeah, They're exactly. They're also like four times more expensive than a 57. Uh, I got really lucky. I got mine for like, they had some crazy sale on Sweetwater and I got it for like 200 bucks. Awesome. Sweetwater loves yeah, it. It was a that. pandemic sale, you know? Yeah, yeah. And then you got to do the like gaff tape around it because the clips kind of come off sometimes. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. Or the, the bread tie through the little hole. Anyway, I'm totally into, into those because I had to go down that route. Um, uh, so what cabinets, since you're micing it, what cabinets are you using? Because that really matters. Um, I use the Aguilar SL212. Okay, sweet. Um, for my overdrive. And then like I have uh, like an old Aguilar GS410 also that I, I bring out. And that's usually the clean one. Uh-huh. Um, and then um, in Europe, I'm using... Um, the four tens, uh, the DB four tens. Yeah. When I'm renting it, I just go like top of the line. Right. That's <laughs> what I was well. about to say. Are you, uh, are you foreseeing that when you get back to the States, you're going to be like, yeah, I want the heavy stuff yeah. again. Uh, yeah. I just got to like, you know, Aguilar obviously gives me a deal, but it's not free. So it's still pretty sure. expensive. Yeah. So it's kind of like nice stuff. Yeah. It's nice stuff. And uh, maybe I'll do it in the fall because we're going back to Europe again in the summer, and then we're not going to do a U.S. tour till the fall. So I, I'm thinking maybe then will be the time. Yeah, totally. 
Right on. Is that is that European uh, deal? Is that you guys headlining everywhere? Uh, this time it is. Yeah. Nice, dude. Who were you guys then, with, uh, previously in, in the UK? Uh, so over the summer we did like ten shows with Rival Sons, and then like six with Guns and Roses, and two with Kiss, and then a bunch of festivals. Gee whiz. It's awesome. Just throwing them, man. <laughs> That's yeah, cool. Yeah, cool. nice. uh, Gene, like, uh, where would we play with it? We played at, like, Budapest with Kiss, and, like, nice. I met Gene, and, like, somebody brought him, like, 50 crepes or something like that, and he stopped me, and he's like, eat a crepe, and I was like, I don't really want it. He's like, eat it. And I had to eat, like, it was weird. It was a weird experience to meet Gene Simmons and he's like forcing food down your throat. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. That's hilarious. <laughs> yeah. So you said that's in Budapest. Are you yeah. are you gonna get to repeat any venues by chance or are you like all new places? Um well, because most of the venues were either festivals or like, you know, arenas or stadiums. Cool. So this this headlining tour we're doing between like three hundred to like thousand seat venues. Nice. It's our first time headlining over there. Yeah. yeah, right on. Uh, and you said they're going over for like a month, right? Uh, six weeks. Nice, right on. Yeah, that'll be cool. Do you want to? Let's talk about bases, if that's okay. Yeah, uh, I've, so this one is my main base. This is uh made by a guy named Seth Lee Jones. He's out of uh Tulsa, Oklahoma. Um, and it's by custom base. I mean, I don't have like a line or anything, but it's made by specifications. It's basically like a 61 jazz deck. Yep. And nice. a 63 P body. And I've got Bartolini pickups in it. Um, it's a goto bridge, stacked pot or stacked um knobs or whatever. Are the pickups passive or active? Passive. Cool. Um so I run around a lot on stage and I have a bad um tendency to like pull my cord. Uh-huh. So true. Um he did this little custom job because I ripped uh, this out. Nice. <laughs> um, yeah, and, and he did like a lot of cool details too. There, you could, there's um, the frets are turquoise, which I really like. Sick. <laughs> That's so. Yeah, and he relic it. Like it took like I ordered it. it took him like two years to make it because like he put the body in a fridge for six months to get it, you know, <laughs> to relic like this. That's awesome. Oh, I I it, sorry. Um, what's it weigh? Like roughly. So, uh, I don't know, like a normal base. Okay, cool. yeah. <laughs> it's not notably. That's such a nerdy base question. I, know, I was like, what's it weigh? That's my. Uh, it's, it's nine and three ounces. And then it's it's stack knob, right? Like you've yeah. got volume and then volume under it, and then tone, uh, it's tone. volume tone, volume tone. Okay, cool. Um, this is and the then one I want to know about. Yeah, this is a uh, by non reverse Thunderbird. Um. So they just came out with this these like last summer or twenty twenty one, and we'd uh, we toured with Slash a bunch. Like that was what he was one of our first early supporters. Cool, um, very cool. And I saw, I saw um, Todd Kearns, his bass player, had gotten one of these like before they even released them. Um, and so twenty twenty one, we were opening up the Black Crows for their whole. Shake Your Money Make a Tour. We did like 10 weeks with them. Nice. And the first night, um, the first two nights were in Nashville and Gibson's um, a big supporter of the band. And we went over to the um, the president's house and like he took, he, 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 he had a chef make us dinner and he took us up to his, um, his room where he's got like hundreds of vintage Les Pauls. And like, he's got, he's got like the best collection of less of like Gibson vintage stuff in the world. Sure. 
Um, sorry, that was that was off topic. Anyways, a couple weeks later, oh, yeah. I, I I see I see Todd playing one of these, and I I message um, Cesar, which is his name, um, on just on Instagram, and I was like, oh, do they make this thing um, left handed? And he says, no, but we're gonna make you one. Um, and then a couple weeks later, um, we were driving through Nashville, and it was ready, and uh, our tour manager picked it up for us. And then as a so this one's really cool because you can see it's got like a reverse headstock too. Uh-huh. Uh, the first one they made for me didn't. It had like the normal headstock. And like I was saying, I run around on stage and this is kind of thin right here. And I, I literally like ripped uh, this out and the wood broke. Whoa. Oh my gosh. Um, I am, I'm such an idiot. Um, and so I messaged him like, hey, this is broken. Can you guys fix it for me? Um, and so we... The next time we were in Nashville, I go down to the the Gibson shop and they built me another one. Um, but I see this sitting on the rack too, because apparently um they made two of these as like a prototype before making mine, because like they were just testing out how to make it left-handed. They're like, okay, let's start with a right-handed neck uh-huh. and throw it on so we can even do this. And I saw this sitting in the corner, I was like, that looks freaking awesome. What is that? Yeah. And they're like, oh, that was the prototype. I was like, give me that. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Like nobody's gonna have this. So this is my little special guy that nobody else can have. <laughs> that is That's awesome. wonderful. One of a kind, dude. Yeah. And I uh, I put righteous sound pickups in it because I just like these pickups a little bit better. But I've got another. They gave me two. They gave me a backup with like the normal headstock too, which just has the, the stock pickups in it. Nice. Awesome. I feel like I'm seeing more and more of those reverse thunder, or is it non-reverse? I always get them confused. Is it reverse? Yes, yeah, non-reverse. Non-reverse. It's the, mine's the non-reverse thunderbird. Non-reverse reverse. <laughs> That's so cool. Yeah, yeah I man. feel like I'm seeing those more and more. Obviously, uh, they're pushing them because they're so cool. They're so cool. Like they're, the, I have small hands, so it's like the neck's a little bit long for me. But I mean, it's. Uh, so sometimes when I switch bases mid set, like I, I the first song I always like miss a note or two because like I'm totally. like reach way farther. Yeah. Um, but I love the sound of it. it. It's it's a killer bass. How do you pick which bass goes for what song? Uh, man. Um, so this bass is on. Sorry, this bass is on every Dirty Honey recording. And there's a couple songs like Gypsy, Rolling Sevens, where like I had them, what is this? 15, 17, 19. I had them add the the dude add the 21st fret. Nice. I, I want that high E. And you actually hear me, I play it on a couple of songs. So any song that has that one, I have to play. I tried doing it on that one and I would like bend it up. Uh-huh. And the guy in the band were like, I don't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I would hit the note, but they they didn't like the slide. They just wanted like the pure, uh-huh. yeah, mode or whatever. Um, but yeah, I mean, anytime like a photographer's there, I try to play the blue one just because it looks really cool. <laughs> yeah. yeah, totally. That's awesome. Make Gibson happy seeing it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah, it's super cool. It's very. I don't know. You see it, and it just like oozes rock and roll. Especially in blue. I feel like that's so dope. It's a statement piece. Yeah. Yeah, I, I love the blue too. I almost got it. They had it in like a I forgot what kind of green. It was like a lighter green. I almost went for that. And then this came and I was like, I made the right decision. Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we were opening for a band and one of the guys was close to the Gibson people and he had the kind of it's like a teal off green. Yeah, situation. that was the one I was looking at. Yeah. Yeah. And it it's it's freaking cool too. Um at the end of it, it was like well, I feel like the, every time I'm around a base, that's cool. I'm like, man, I got to have one of those. I got to get <laughs> I that feel at like, some point. 
Yeah, I feel like Gibson's really stepped it up in the past couple of years and is like making sure everything's like cool again. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Is that a uh, is it a bolt on or a neck through? Oh, you don't even know, which is great. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> That's what... <laughs> uh, my my base is a bolt on. Right. I don't know. I mean, this looks like it's a. This looks like it's one piece, so I think it is. Sick. I know. I know. Gibson does the like stripey thing on the back on, or at least they used to. Uh, Man, on this guy. But that's beautiful. Yeah, dude, that is awesome. Dude. And then, like, I really like these straps. I get these uh, from a guy in Brazil. Nice, sick. How'd you get connected yeah. to that dude? Instagram. Just, oh, nice. cool. <laughs> great uniter. Yeah, the great uniter. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds awesome. familiar. <laughs> Well, cool, dude. Uh, could we maybe jump to your pedal board? I, I know we're drilling you with questions know, like rapid fire. Oh, yeah. Weeds of here. <laughs> um, okay. So I'll show you my current pedal board. Uh, okay. <laughs> Beautiful. Dude. Nice. Uh, straight look at it. Wow. Yeah. So this is the dark glass. I pretty much have this on all times. Uh-huh. Uh, this is Strymon Mobius. I use like the chorus and flanger on this. Cool. This uh, this is the big shot radial. I use this to split my signal tuner. Um, MXR bass octave. I use this on the song Scars. This is um an exotic mid boost. Uh, I basically just use this to for my solos to kind of boost my signal a little bit. Uh huh. Uh, Pog. Also use it for my solos. Uh, Crybaby Mini. Um, this is a really cool pedal. This is the MXR uh, submachine, mm. um, and they modded it for me so I could actually turn the the low octave on and off, also as well as the high octave. Nice. It's got a low octave and a and a high octave on it. It's a really cool like fuzz. Uh, and then this is a deep impact, um, you know, which is with the guy. Uh, Those are hard uh, to find, right? Yeah, I found it in Dublin actually this summer. Nice. Um, and yeah, I haven't, you know, we haven't made a new record, so I haven't used it on anything, but it's just like so cool. And you can get all the muse sounds off of it. And it's what, all, like the envelope. It? It's, it's a, um, it's a bass synth actually. Okay, cool. Nice. So yeah, if you want to get like the hysteria sound or any of that stuff, it's got like a cool, what like a sound too. The overdrive synth, but like, like it's also got like a great envelope filter if you want to do like that Stevie Wonder like bass synth kind of stuff. Yeah, uh, sure. Stevie Wonder is like one of my biggest influences too. Like I think his left hand is actually maybe the greatest bass player of all time. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> right on. Uh, so that's what I'm using now. Um, and um, but I didn't get that dark glass until like I ordered it, but it literally came like two days after we finished the last record. Uh. <laughs> so um. Before that, and I still love this pedal. I actually just did a gig a few days ago with some friends, and I didn't want to bring my big board out. Um, so I was using this dark glass, or not dark glass, this exotic BB bass yeah, preamp. Yeah. yeah, totally. Which is freaking awesome. And actually doing my gig the other day, I was like, oh, I kind of want this back on my board. Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. But this thing, is a, this this is on all the Dirty Honey records. This pedal is my, was my overdrive on all of them. Oh, sick. Nice. When you... I've never actually used an overdrive in that way. Does it have an output gain or like, are you ever concerned yeah. about, okay, so you just like try to drive it, but keep the output gain kind of consistent or generally yeah. in the area? 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, since it's on all the time, I don't have to worry about it that much. Um, it's just kind of like the level, oh, but I, right, I, do, yeah. I do set it so that if I do want to turn it off, um, it's not like a huge, you know, volume difference. Yeah. Do you have a volume difference between your bases? Like, is that something you worry about? Or is it similar um, output levels and you don't really think about it? They're pretty similar. That's great. I think, I think this, the, the Gibson's a little bit louder, but not like... Not of care. doesn't really affect me on stage. I think it's something just like front of house. Sure, probably right, like right. It's a little bit. Sure, nice. I love that. Um, hey, hey, back to that uh, Mobius. I want to talk about that one for a second. What's some, what's, what are some tracks that you're using? And, and there's a couple ways to even use chorus, especially with the bass. Um, like at what moments are you thinking like, chorus would be perfect here. And then is it like a lighter chorus or is it like, oh, that's a wild chorus? Like I, I can't a, really think of it. I mean, I'm, 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 I mainly use the chorus on my, I take a bass solo during the shows. Nice. Yeah, I watch the um, of that. Yeah, so like, there's like a, I kind of do like a harmonic kind of section, kind of. I don't want to say a la Jocko because I'm not Jocko, uh, but. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, yeah, there's, there was harmonics. only one. <laughs> yeah, there was only one. Um, so I, I use it on that mostly, and then the flanger, I use for a different part of the bass solo where I'm more like got all the effects on, and it's going crazy, nice. and I also we did, we did a cover of um, Let's Go Crazy by Prince. Yeah, I know what you're I use it. I have to for, see this. It's pretty sweet. I have to see it <laughs> on that. And and I just kind of use it like I use it more freely, obviously live. Like especially if John's taking a solo, and I want the sound to be like kind of thicker, sure, and just like sound like a guitar. I'll throw like the flanger on, so it's like bit. I yeah, know. yeah. I don't, sometimes people can use choruses to. I mean, they they bring out certain frequencies in maybe like a sparkly way, almost in like a. You're not really going for like the wild chorusy effect, but just to like. In a weird boosted EQ thing, rather. Yeah, it brightens it up for sure. Sure, yeah. Especially for harmonics. Totally, totally, totally. Mm -hmm. So that's cool, right on. Sometimes I'd have to worry about, at least when I did it in my band, I, I would have to find one that doesn't really chorus the low end, mm -hmm. so that like, mm -hmm. the high end's kind of moving. Uh, but it also like kind of shows the role of the bass, or even like the role of when you slip up and you just hit that wrong note, and it's like the most catastrophic like it just shows the amount of control the bass frequencies have over yeah. the entire band when you throw on a pedal or when you throw on the wrong pedal and you learn like that was definitely the wrong pedal for this moment kind of thing oh yeah it's and of course is one of those that <laughs> course is one of those that like you hit it and even if you can't always hear it there's an atmosphere change yeah to me that's the worst too because like like I said too, like uh, I run around the stage a lot, and especially on the big stages, like you go twenty feet away from your amp, like you can't really hear yourself. Yeah. Um. Yeah. You know, maybe you hear yourself through the PA a little bit, like enough to play, but like sometimes I've accidentally left those pedals on, and since I'm not standing in front of my amp, I don't hear that yeah. I've had a flat on for like yeah. the whole verse. <laughs> True. <laughs> that's, that's why it's up there, out of the way now. <laughs> yeah, that's hilarious. Do you guys use? I guess you don't use in ears. No. Cool. Rock and roll. That's very rock and yeah. roll. <laughs> That's awesome. Right. I miss that feel deeply. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It, it's it's I I grew up in an environment where I'm always, always using in ears. And then when I left that, uh, you know, it's the exact opposite. And it's it's such an interesting feel difference. Like there I, I I won't necessarily say one is right or wrong, but like 
as a musician, as a player, it feels way different. Because a lot of times, yeah, too, then you're eliminating amps and you're, you know, and it's... Yeah, I'm, it's definitely like a necessity for certain gigs. Like, right. uh, you know, I've done pop gigs, you know, and there's tracks and you've there's, there's no other option. Yeah, right. And totally. yeah. Has... I think just, just with what we're doing, it just works better for us right now. Like the only one on ears is is our singer, and that's just because like he needs to block out yeah the loud it's hard and to get a pitch reference yeah just exactly. like a wall of wonderfully chorused bass sound. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Uh, on the gear front, what what do you have your eyes on? You're like, I mean, especially if you're you know you're going over to Europe this summer. If if you or Soon, not this summer, this this winter, I guess. Like, what 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 are you going to see in a store? Like, you're, what are you looking for in a store? Like, if I see that, I'm grabbing it. It's coming home. Free CBS, Fender P, or yeah. Fender Jazz. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I, you know, I, I'm not. I, I don't know if I'm going to drop thirteen grand or whatever it's going to be. <laughs> yeah, and then ship it home and hope it makes it. <laughs> yeah. Um, one of our last interviews was uh, with a with a guy named Craig Berletic, and he plays for Tyler Childers, and they're doing mm-hmm. really well right now, and so he recounted his story like finding the pre-CBS Fender that, you know, quote, changed him. So <laughs> Yeah, um, it's really hard for me because cause I'm left-handed and they so and also because I'm oh, left-handed. Yeah. They're like, All right, let's add like a couple thousand dollars under the price tag because it's yep. more rare. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How has <laughs> how has finding bases been, you know, as a left-handed instrumentalist yeah that's why i had this that's why i had this bass made because i was trying to find like a pre-cbs that i couldn't afford it yep mm-hmm. and my buddy's like just an amazing luthier he was a. Uh, do you know who john carruthers is i'm not sure he, he's a custom um builder but he was like the fender guy in the 70s oh, okay like he Ooh. like the first you know clapton signature strat and all that so he really knew what he was doing it's like dude i'll make you exactly what you want you know Mm-hmm. For which, <laughs> mm-hmm. right on, and and yeah, and it's so cool. Plus, too, like you weren't gonna find that J pickup in a pre CBS Fender. Yeah, exactly. And if you and did, you've mangled it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, how much? How much of that back pickup are you using? Do you blend them all, or do you go song by song? I, uh, no, I have them both. It's weird. So on this base, if I turn them both up all the way. I lose a little bit signal. Yep. So I have to like roll the J pickup just back like 10% and then that's actually the max volume. Yep. Um, and then I usually have the, the, the tone turned up all the way on both of them. Yeah. Just for this band. Like if I'm playing on a record and it's clean and everything, obviously tone rolled all the way off. I mean, I've got a Fender P bass with flats on it too that I use for recording. Mm-hmm. Cool, cool, cool. Um, so it does depend on the song, but for this band, it's just like, Balls to the wall, all out, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the PJ thing is interesting because there's like there's a phase. Can I'm gonna somebody online is about to get so mad about what I say, but I think there's like a phase cancellation situation where it's kind of like J pickups are made in a way that they're meant to go together, and the P mm-hmm. and J pickup were never necessarily thought about going together until it became a mod later. Um, I yeah. play an old Yamaha and the old Yamahas are all known for a P and a J blade. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's like, whenever, whenever people ask me about PJs, it's like, yeah, but you need to make sure they work well together. And you kind of, just like you said, you got to find that spot where they're not canceling and scooping out your mids. Cause when they're going yeah. full blast, it's just, 
they're phase canceling certain frequencies and like you bump it, you bump one of them up or bump one of them down. And then you're like, Oh, there it is. They're not, yeah, they're not exactly. just freaking each other out the whole time. Yeah. Cause I, I honestly, I prefer the sound of the P more, but there's, you know, a certain articulation you get out of having that jazz yep. in there, which is, I'm like, I'm missing it. Yeah. Dude, if you if you ever run into, I know it's it's not as cool right now yet. Now the prices on reverb are starting to skyrocketing because people are getting hit. But uh, the seventies and eighties Yamahas that have this weird P pickup and they don't look cool. They like it's a dad. Look. It's it's such a dad look, and I have multiple <laughs> ones now. But if you ever see one of those in a shop, like just give it a chance because it's it's they, awesome. They sound great. The guy from um. Rival Sons, he he had some of those and like also great tone. <laughs> and he was they they had some they had a cool front of house guy. They had like he had some cool little secrets. They had like a little orange, like a tiny, like little, you know, practice set that they had in a box, but they would just crank that as his overdrive and turn that on for like that's guitar nasty. solo. Crazy. Yeah. <gasps> I love I that. guess that's kind of got what got me into the whole overdrive thing in the beginning was like playing in a lot of trios and like when a guitar player would go to take the solo, like mm-hmm. you just lose like the aggression. Right. Right. Yeah. You know, I had a guitar player be like, try an overdrive. And then I just kind of got addicted to it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I love that. Well, uh, what are you into right now? What are you listening to? What do we need to know about? What, what should we be on the oh, alert for? I got I got to look at my phone. I don't even know what I'm listening to right now. No, that's <laughs> great. And again, it. we're putting you on the spot. And just maybe it's rat- just like oh, a maybe it's like a deep cut off of uh maybe it's a British baking show. Yeah. Uh like whatever whatever uh, you're into. You know, obviously like I you know Jeff Beck just died this week so I've been like diving back into that stuff and Yeah. Yeah, like that that Crossroads uh DVD that he made yes. however long ago with how wicked filled. Yep. Mm-hmm. I, Gosh, what a bass player. But, yeah, what a bass player. Like I learned that that solo note for note that she did on because we ended as lovers, you know, however many years ago. So that was like a big thing for me. Uh-huh. Um, you know, I've just been like kind of going back to the classics, you know, like I, I kind of went through all of the Zeppelin records. We've been off for like three months, so I'm just like just kind of shedding and uh-huh. yeah, nice. We're also like we're writing a new record. So actually I think that's been like my biggest focus is like kind of getting out here and just like trying to come up with riffs and stuff like that. Totally. Um, Do you like to block the like when you're in writing mode? Are you blocking things out, or are you trying to go back to your influences to listen to how you can innovate that, or or do you not think about it? I try not to think about it, uh-huh. but I I definitely end up like I usually come out here and I'll like have my coffee and I'll put on a TV show and do my morning warm ups and then play along a couple of records to see if that inspires me to start you know finding some. Up- you know, of my own riffs. Yeah. So we go through like the Zeppelin and like the Aerosmith catalogs. Yeah. Beautiful. I also like, like you guys are country guys. I, I love Alison Krauss. Um, yeah. and that, that live album that she did with union station. Yeah. Like that's, kind of, you know, I always go back to that because Jerry Douglas is like one of my favorite musicians ever. Like his double playing is just uh-huh. absolutely so lyrical and just so beautiful. And, her voice too it's just like she's an angel oh yeah um, <laughs> that's uh i'm i'm into vinyl as is uh kind of stereotypical these days but like that is a release that is so expensive to get on vinyl that i'm like please for the love of god somebody repress this because like it's so cool 
<laughs> and it's just made to sit down and and like listen to and experience, yeah, in kind of a way that forces your attention. This is kind of a curveball. Um, Can't wait. again, yeah. <laughs> I also love Chris Stapleton. I'm going to just throw that in there. I'm just thinking, and Royal oh, yeah. Royal, Blood, he's a big influence um, as far as tones goes because he just gets crazy sounds out of his bass. And I'm what was that last you know, one? Uh, Royal Blood. Oh yeah. Dude. Oh okay. Yeah. No, I make him listen to Royal Blood all the time. It's <laughs> mind-boggling bass tone. Yeah. Yeah. I saw them like I think over the summer or something. And I was like, dude, you. I've got to like pick your brain because he's got like multiple amps and like he's dancing all around on the pedal board. Is it five? <laughs> five amps? I, you know what? He had them off stage, so I couldn't. I couldn't geek out. <laughs> yeah, right on, get you. Dude. Yeah, do you don't know about this guy? Uh, not. I think is one of the covers like white and it's got like a black figure yes. in it. Like, yeah, I've definitely showed you. Yeah, I forced it. Down I think I've throat. listened to that before. <laughs> yeah, but, but it's just bass and drums, and he's like, you know, he split this signal multiple times, and you know, so he's always got like a bass, and then he's got like an octave up, an octave down, yeah. and he like turning things on and off, and it's but they're it's pretty like rad. they're like I don't know the a better word for this, but the octaves are convincing, meaning like they sound not digitally octave up. I feel like sometimes they think like an octave up uh, with certain pedals sounds glassy or bubbly or weird. And his yep. just sounds like, like Nirvana guitar tone. Like it's it's crazy. Yeah. It doesn't make any sense. But that's that's a cool. That's cool that you're looking to the side to uh, some peers for for tone influence. Yeah, totally. I tried to get some tone influence the other day. We opened for um, a rock band that's very good, <laughs> and I got in trouble for like sleuthing around. They're like, "Hey man, don't take any pictures of that." It's like, "Oh yeah, oh, really? I forgot." Yeah. Yeah, it's. A, I, I've I've heard Royal Bloods like that also, and same with Muse. That's a, I. Well, oh, like, who's, we did a festival with Muse a couple of months ago, and I kind of like snuck over and was like, "Ah, oh, what's mm-hmm. that?" But you know, like when you get into those big bands, it's just racks. Yeah, and like you actually need the tech to like pull out the rack with all yeah. the pedals and shit. <laughs> yeah, we're hopefully talking to my friend Jimbo Hart uh, from Jason Isbell's band coming up, and he's got the all the rack and the Noble in there, and yeah, all the yeah all the stuff. Well, actually. I've been looking at that Noble Di since uh, my red broke. <laughs> it's kind uh, of yeah. a running joke because I don't think we've done an episode that I don't <laughs> accidentally mention the Noble. Uh, I've been using it. I love it. It's so cool, and yeah. it powers my half my pedal board. So I don't it's, know. It's worth a Wait, look, but I mean, it's a. 40- oh, somebody's not a fan. <laughs> no, I, I am. I am. I don't have one because I I couldn't wait forty five weeks to get get one because <laughs> they're just so expensive, yeah. and then you have to wait yeah. like half a lifetime. Uh, I got lucky and a friend got it and didn't like it. And I'm like, Hey man, I'll pay whatever you paid for that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which it's is just, great because people just flip them. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's wild. No, I I'm on a, an Arkham, uh, Oracle, which is, it's a similar vein. It's a, it's a tube preamp, but I used to be traveling to the rack setup where I was actually sending two lines, but now I'm just doing the one line through, through like just a little board and, I was like, oh, Noble, and I was like, mm, I've got to play gigs before <laughs> next year, so <laughs> we're so, going to do yeah. something different. The Arkham's cool because I, we never really felt like we got a full-on overdrive, or like maybe close to it or whatever, but it definitely saturates way more it's where cool. the, the, the Noble sounds a lot closer to the Reddy or the Red DI. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but the EQ I, on the Noble is insane. It's, That's what's so cool about it is you yeah. can really actually dial it in. Where yeah. like the no, the red's just like here you go, there you go, right? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's the that's the input level. But that's it. Mm-hmm. 
And it's weird but too because it's all at, it's only additive. You can't cut frequencies. You can only add with the noble. Oh, and to so me, what do you, are you end up like boosting like the mids or like what do you do? Are you scoop? Oh, I guess you can't scoop. Well, so like boosting bass and treble equals less mids, like mm-hmm. by default. Um, yeah, the sound I hear when I plug into it, and again, it's it's very subtle. Um, I hear tube compression. I hear maybe the slightest bit of tube saturation. And to me, it pushes low mids a little bit. Mm. Um, And then when you start adding a a little EQ, that's when you sometimes maybe get a little bit less of its natural character. Um, I usually end up with my my treble about halfway and then my bass up just a little bit. The bass knob just sounds like magic. I don't know how to... Like, it just... You turn it up and everything sounds better, but it could get you trouble. Because it like sounds so good, you don't want to stop just like putting up more bass and more bass and more bass. Um, I also think maybe I don't know. Some things make your ba- brace sound more brilliant or whatever, or more forward when you plug it in. I almost think the noble like makes it tightens it a little bit and makes it almost arbitrarily a little bit dark, so that you yeah. then make it whatever. So it definitely is a character. You you like it or you don't. Um, I think we'll do it. We'll do a comparison video eventually, and you, we'll have it'll to. be a nice like because these tube DIs are expensive too, man. It's you can't just like get all these hand wired stuff in a room very often, and and yeah. and then even listening on YouTube, like again, we'll we'll make a video eventually about it. But uh, even that, it's hard to represent what it's, it hard, it's so hard. Like, like you know, even if you've got like you know nice headphones and everything or nice speakers, yeah. it's like. It's not the same as being in the room with it. Exactly. And I guess you're in a good spot in the country to hear some good gear, but it's still tough. I mean, you you probably couldn't find a Noble sitting in a shop. Yeah, I, don't I don't know. know. I, don't, I, have find a, a I have a couple of friends with them, but sure. yeah, like I never see him. You're not going to find him at Carson or anything. Yeah. yeah. I bet the Tone Chase is pretty fun in LA though. I mean, you've got really it's, cool stuff hanging around. Yeah, there's some cool stuff. It gets to be a bit of an addiction. Like I just moved or else I'd show you like a huge pedal collection. That's like half of it's in boxes right now. Love it. Yeah. Have you guys checked out? Have, do either of you guys use the Cali 76? Because that's actually, you guys asked me like gear I'm looking at. That's actually something I'm the big about. one or the little one. The big one gone through I, both. I've had both of them. Um, so I hear the big one's a little bit better, but I think there's one version of the little one that's pretty much the same. But I, yeah. So check out, uh, what is it, Ian Martinson or whatever, the guy from Scott yeah, Bass yeah, Lessons. Yeah. He's a cool dude. Um, I like his, his yeah. character. I like, too and he did a video on him he's like oh this is a specific small one you can get that's like pretty much the same as the big one yeah i would agree you watch that video again before i go buy it <laughs> <laughs> right um i paid a pretty inflated reverb price for the big one and it had mm-hmm. the um I, i'm gonna butcher it, lundell it had the lundell transformer mod in it which is the lundell transformer one saturates the least because that is the same transformer that are in the real ones. Whereas some of the guitar players actually prefer the ones with the transformer they made themselves because it like overly saturates. Mm-hmm. Um, so I found that one, I could kind of overdrive the unit, which was interesting and, and kind of yeah. cool. Um, but like at the end of the day, the the compact one is so cool and i really missed having the clean blend because the one i yeah. had was the real one and you That's know what there's it was. no like, you got to get the one with the clean blend right so <laughs> yeah. like of course he says that cuz he has the nicest one with all the mods they did cuz they would only do mods a couple times blah 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 
all that you're going to want the clean blend and you're going to want the high pass fill you can like you can choose for it to not compress your low end so it listens mm-hmm. to like your high mids instead of just okay, so your that's, lows that's what i really wanted for because like like you guys said like i play really high up on the deck a lot of the time and sometimes you know like i'll hit a low e and then uh-huh. do that kind of stuff so they're both ready at the same time but like i kind of i have to hit those really hard for them to come out and yeah it, yeah it's like is a little too much in like the mix so like mm. that's why i'm thinking about getting the compressor on there so i can really smack these guys but not have them yeah come out yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> i'm really into um an api compressor api just made a couple pedals they make a guitar pedal or a guitar preamp oh. a bass preamp and one compressor so it, i didn't know they were making pedals that's cool yeah uh and and so the cmp compressor is actually what i replaced my big cali with I like how it sounds. It has a big transformer in it. And so it kind of does that trick, you know, even before it's on, you turn it on. And if you like the sound that it just gave you, you're going to like it a lot. If you don't like the sound, you're going to want something else. Cause it definitely has <laughs> not as much as you think, not as much as the like 290, 300. No. What What did you ask for the, well, I was wondering how, like, how much real estate does That's it take? Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. It's small. It's like this big. Yeah. It's, oh, cool. It, and I mean, it has a transfer. Like I, I think it's great. It doesn't have that feature we just said with the high pass filter trigger thing. Mm-hmm. It's never been an issue for me because it does have that clean blend. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I have personally really liked it because it gave it still gave me that like really weighty sound that I mm-hmm. like out of something that I'm like. It has to be old and heavy to give me this weighty sound. I feel like it got as close to that as I've had. Um, it's been many years since I had the little Cali 76. Mm-hmm. I remember loving that too, um, but I'm into the API right now. If you ever get – while you're sleuthing around the internet. Uh, <laughs> yeah, dude. I try to do that less nowadays. I'm just like <laughs> – Dude, I feel that. <laughs> Stop, Justin. <laughs> yeah, dude. Well, I'm, I was kind of thinking your board's actually pretty small for a guy that's got quite a few – pedals yeah. i'm shocked you don't have like a two board setup or like just a mongo board or, or, or whatever maybe you've gone through those phases um the board i mean this this was actually like the size of my pedal board for the first year uh-huh. um, and then once we started getting more hands i upgraded to the bigger board and now that we're getting more hands i'm, uh, I'm thinking about the yeah. big, like, more about i don't want to carry it myself totally <laughs> totally like do i do two do i put it in a rack and midi switch it like well you know the yeah. rock and roll move is to eventually get it away or someone else touch it yeah yes exactly so you know baby steps yeah yeah right on <laughs> Dude, well, that's awesome. Um, yeah. Is there anything you're uh, promoting right now? Anything you want people to check out, especially with your band? Um, well, we just uh, re-released um, our tune Heartbreaker. Uh-huh. Um, we actually re-recorded it oh, um, cool. with Al Sutton in Detroit. He's like did the first couple of Greta Van Fleet records. Nice. Six. Um, so we're pushing that um, as a single in Europe for this upcoming tour. Um, and we're really excited with how it came out because um, that song really kind of uh, we wrote that right before we went to the studio for the first record. So we were kind of like still figuring it out in the studio. And I really love the first recording, but it kind of took on more of a life of its own over the years on the road and really became a fan favorite. So we wanted to like capture that. Um, and, um, you know, I was actually got a couple people that he works with. Um, there's this guy, Marlon, who who also produces with him. 
Um, and so there's like some, a couple extra guitar lines in there. It's just like a little bit more produced where the first one's very raw. Yeah. Um, that's awesome. Yeah. We, we also cut like a brand new song with him, which we're not going to release probably till the fall, but pretty bitching. Uh, I actually, yeah, yeah. I, you know, I split my signal on that again. And I'm clean, but for my overdrive, instead of using my pedal board, like I went into a Bletchley amp, which is just like um, a plexi clone. Cool. So it's like Sweet. an actual, like, you know, Marshall plexi uh-huh. kind of sound with my uh, my clean tone. Yes. I was pretty stoked with that tone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right on. That's one thing I haven't had the, uh, the luxury yet to experience is like the Marshall bass tone, which I guess high watt is kind of kind of like that. Or mm-hmm. I I don't I don't know Lemmy, like a, blah, that blah, blah. that UK tubi <laughs> thing. Well, I just so I just found out recently, like this year, that Marshall actually made like bass amps in the sixties. Oh no, right, but, like right, yeah. They, they had the overdrives and everything, but they were like um, voiced for bass, and the speakers were voiced for bass. Oh, cool! Right on. I haven't actually found one in person, but that's actually something I'm going to be on the lookout for yeah. also. Yeah, totally. Was it Chris Squire? Like I feel like. Chris Squire might have played a Marshall. Uh, I don't know. A bunch of like. I think Jack Bruce played one. Uh huh. That wouldn't surprise me at all. I mean, I guess, Lemmy, I guess. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I said, that was hard to forget. He's like, well, I'll just go ahead and turns up the cranks, the yeah. amp, all the knobs. But yeah, that's that's a little different uh, Marshall style. No, it's so cool. Though, yeah, it's so awesome. If you're blending that with a clean, <laughs> nice. It's like razor's <laughs> edge, dude. Right on. Well, man, thanks so much for, for giving us the time and hanging Thank out. You. Love talking to oh, him. Man, thanks for having me on. This was fun. Absolutely. Huge fan of the band. I don't get to talk uh, bass nerd stuff enough. Yes, <laughs> sir. Anytime. Come back and hang. Let us know <laughs> when you get some new stuff. So. Yeah, if you're ever in Lexington, Kentucky. <laughs> well, we, we'll probably come through Kentucky. We, we played yeah. what, at Exit 111 a couple of years ago. Where's that? I don't know if they do that festival anymore. Was that Louisville? Yes, it was Louisville. Okay, oh, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Which is just, like 45 minutes away from well, us. Well, they do Not rock bad. and roll stuff in Louisville, so maybe we'll come up and, and hang yeah. out with you there. Actually, yeah, whenever we see it, we'll have no, to make it down. What was it that we did in Louisville? It was a different one with that we Foo did. This year. Was it Bourbon and Beyond, or was it the um, what? There's the real rock and roll one. Uh, yeah, like, it was. The, it wasn't. I know what you're talking about. Life. Louder than it was life. Louder than life. Yeah, we did yeah. that this year. Wasn't Nine um, Inch Nails there? Sorry, I have a huge Nine Inch Nails. I think that I was, think so. We yeah. did another festival with them this year, God. also in like Georgia. They were awesome. Oh, yeah, I can't get started there. Great band, yeah. yeah. man. Oh my god. I think it's a bass player band too because it's like so groove focused. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It just lends itself to that like the whole time. <laughs> yeah. And it's one of those gigs where you're like, oh, I want that because I could like bring all my pedals and like <laughs> exactly and, like, just really get in. Yeah. Heck yeah. Get into the weeds with that kind of stuff. <laughs> Well, thanks again, man. Um, yeah, we're looking forward to seeing you whenever you're you're in the area. And uh, yeah, this has been awesome. Yeah, thanks so much. Yeah, and if you know, I have a terrible memory, but if we're coming through and you see us, just reach out and Absolutely. I'll get you guys tickets or whatever. For sure, oh man, man. Yeah. we got to cut this out of the podcast. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, cut that out. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Don't let them know. All right, see Go you, man. Thanks again. All right, later, guys. Bye.